Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Once it's done, you wipe it away. Never happened, we never met. You're terrible, Muriel. You've done some bad things, sweetie. La la la! You don't like the yabba? You can't get rid of the babadook. These days of the internet, too many bozos give their opinions and they're so unqualified and they wouldn't have a clue when they, they should just pull their heads in. Hello and welcome to AB Film Review, the most isolated film review podcast in the world. Usually I'm joined by my co-host and wife, Bernadette, uh, to discuss the latest film reviews and and releases, uh, but on this episode it's a little bit different. I'm flying solo, and that's because I was able to interview co-director Heather White uh, of the, the documentary Complicit, which is showing at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival on July 14th at 6.30pm. This documentary is a really powerful documentary, and... You know, I've watched a fair few of these documentaries from the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival and certainly, you know, I do highly recommend seeking out all of them. Uh, and if you want to hear more interviews with directors, head over to The Last New Wave. There is a few interviews with Australian directors on that particular show. Um, but this particular film, Complicit, alongside uh, Nick Torrens' China's Three Dreams, are probably the two documentaries that I really highly recommend seeking out. They're powerful documentaries and they they tell a story that uh, mostly, uh, well for me at least as a viewer of them, I was unaware of uh, these stories. And they are focused on uh, China and the history of of China in regards to, well in, in China's Three Dreams it talks about the history of China and, and how uh, modern day China is trying to assess and and come to grips with that history without fully knowing it. And then in Complicit, as the title suggests, this is about the the people who are complicit with the construction of the devices that uh, we use, mobile phones and, and laptops and uh, iPads and the likes. Those being complicit, it's us. Uh, everybody else outside of the world Um you know, it, it is about what goes into making these devices and the the terrible chemicals and uh, working practices that that go into making these devices. It's it's quite frightening, and it's a film that I do recommend everybody seek out. And hopefully, after uh, it's only just sort of had its uh, opening uh, and launches recently, but after this, I really hope that that people are able to seek it out and it gets a wide release because. You know, it's one of those documentaries that, that people need to see. And it's very powerful and very impressive. Um, and odds are, you know, you're, most people listen to podcasts on their phones or, you know, devices like that. So you are 
listening to it on a device that has been in this path before. Look, I'm going on a bit too long. Um, let's jump into the interview. We'll listen to a little bit of the trailer. Usually I would play the whole trailer, but given it's three and a half minutes and it's in Chinese, uh, most of the listeners may not understand what's being said. So I'll just play a little bit of the trailer back with the interview and then I'll give you all the details as to find out where you can uh, you know, sign petitions, find out more information about what's in the film at the end of the show. Sorry, 我想以后我的子女出来打工，也会面临这样的伤害。So welcome back, everybody, and I'm joined by the director of Complicit and Heather. Well, co-director in some regards. Uh, so thank you very much for joining me here to discuss your your really amazing documentary. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um. So I guess, you know, I've uh, in the preamble, I've explained a little bit about your film, but if I would love to hear from your mouth uh, what what you feel Complicit is about and, and what the story of it is. Well, in 2013, I went to China to do research for a book, and initially the first chapter was going to be taking a look at occupational disease hospitals and seeing who was in there and were they adults were they teenagers did they have a connection to global brands which had led them uh, through work-related injuries or uh, exposure to toxic chemicals to be in these hospitals because I'd read an article several years back that these hospitals were actually getting filled with workers who were producing for global companies so initially when I went over there I wasn't sure what I was going to find but after two weeks of just randomly walking through these hospital wards with my co-director Lin Zhang at the time she was with me as a videographer and we didn't even have a thought of making a documentary film about it but at the end of the two weeks what we had found was just so scandalous and the connection to global electronics companies was just throughout these hospitals and we'd met dozens of people and the situation seemed so extreme that we decided we had to make a documentary film and share the situation with the world. So we focused on one particular worker that we'd met who has leukemia himself who became an activist as a result of his experience of trying to sue his factory to pay for his medical compensation and his chemotherapy. And he had connections through the advocacy work he'd been doing to many other workers that we decided to tell the story of what's going on in the global electronics industry and the smartphone industry in particular through his journey as an activist now 
still struggling with leukemia himself, who's had over 35 chemotherapy treatments, trying to help others and introducing for the first time consumers to the young people who are making their smart devices and learning a little bit about their struggles, what they're going through and why they're getting poisoned by these chemicals. It's completely unnecessary and we have to do what we can to change things. Yeah, I, I'm really grateful that you made this documentary as well because it's, you know, it's, it's an intense film. It's, it's a really powerful film because as the title suggests, this is about us, the rest of the world being complicit in the problems that are going on with the devices that you know just like what i'm recording this particular interview on there's there is a whole uh problem associated with all of these these devices which are just so it's hidden to us so thank you very much for for creating this film because you know through documentaries we're able to see these stories and hear people's stories that we may not usually be able to see and hear so yeah that's really uh, it's i'm grateful for that at least well, I'm very excited that people in Australia are going to have a chance to s- see the film, even though we're just at the beginning of our festival run. Our U.S. premiere was just this week, and then it's going to be at the Melbourne Documentary Festival next month. So I hope that it's just the beginning of some good distribution opportunities and the ability for folks in Australia to be able to see it widely as well. No, I agree. I, I hope it really, uh, really stretches out. Um, in that regard, how did those the the launch of it go as well, and and what was the audience's reactions to it too? Well, it's been great that the audience have been responding so positively. We haven't had any challenges from folks in the audience or pushback, and people have both mostly been in kind of a state of shock to learn what's happening and to see that young people are actually getting leukemia and dying as a result of working in the factories and getting poisoned by N-hexane, which is a solvent that's used to clean smartphone screens. And people want to know what they can do, how they can change things, if there are ways they can help the workers. There's a petition up on care2.com where... We've got about uh, 10,000 signatures, and it's only been up for a week. And people would like to know what they can do. Do they need to boycott the company that they're currently using a smartphone from, or should they contact the company and let them know that they care about these issues? You know, they have a lot of questions. So we've had some very lively question-and-answer sessions after the film where we talk about different steps that they can do in Maybe it's even possible in Australia to get a fair phone. We can't get one in the U.S. yet, but um, I know they are available in Europe and maybe they're available in Australia. Um, so what's a, a fair phone? Uh, it's a phone that was uh, created by a company in Amsterdam that's doing you know, quite a bit of supply chain investigations and looking closely at their sourcing um, networks to try to source everything that goes into the phone as responsibly as possible and also try to ensure that the workers making the phones are working under uh, legal and safe working conditions. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating in that regard because a lot of the films that I've watched for the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival have been about um, people 
approaching the world and how they can actually change the world as it is and recognizing issues and problems within the world and and taking action to to be able to make it a better place so it's great to see that you know the the petitions out there and and these fair phones are, are out there because the story that you tell in this film is is a powerful one and it's it's a powerful one in that you know we it's so hidden and you know it's after i watched it it was kind of uh it was very sobering in regards to the fact that you know we are aware that there is is cheap labor in in china but we we're, we're so disconnected from it that it's it's heartbreaking to see that often uh you know these people are regarded as a bit of a joke in some regards oh it's perfectly fine you know uh the the cheap labor overseas will make it for me that kind of thing and in that regards you know as you were saying you went to to china to be able to make a a, a film about um you know hospitals and things like that were you surprised with a lot of the 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 things that you saw in in when you were making this film i was really shocked and this is coming from someone who's been speaking and studying chinese since college i've worked in china off and on for over 20 years have been very involved in the anti sweatshop movement and ran a non-profit organization that inspects factories around the world including china looking at the labor conditions and violations around child labor and working hours and that sort of thing but it still didn't prepare me for the extent of what young workers are dealing with in these massive factories now in china that have 200,000 workers 300,000 workers in the case of foxconn who's the main supplier to apple and they also supply to a wide range of other global electronics brands they're the biggest game in town in terms of chinese cellular um production and basically they're the largest electronics corporation um in the world in terms of for uh, contract manufacturing and i was intrigued about what kind of a workplace they had because i'd read that there'd been so many different problems uh with the suicides in 2010 and 2011 and then there'd been cases of workers who had uh died in the factory because of explosions due to accumulation of dust and you know it just seemed like the uh extreme working conditions were not actually getting better over time but things were actually getting worse as a result of creating such a large campus like workplace where workers are kept in these dormitories where they have 8 to 12 people living there and they're not speaking their same language or dialects from their provinces and they feel quite isolated in some cases it just seemed like situation uh as a result of the global economy that is making these new devices for us you know with the launch of the iPod initially and then the iPhone and the iPads we were having the luxury of all these new devices and new levels of connectivity and opportunities to have our music with us mm. all the time but yet what's happening in terms of the actual production working conditions was going back years in terms of progress that might have been made um in the anti sweatshop movement that I had been involved with with uh, apparel and footwear 
but what's been happening in these electronics factories was like a, an entirely new level of workplace abuses and pressure and stress and exposure to very toxic chemicals, much worse than what you see normally in footwear and apparel because the electronics industry is working with over 500 chemicals on average. They're not regulated. They're not inspected before consumers take possession of them. It's still very much a uh, kind of an unregulated environment that all these smartphones are being produced in. Well, there's one moment in the film which I found really, uh, really just shocking was that, you know, one of the, in an advert that's shown, um, one of the guys is like, well, if you have an idea, give it to us and we'll turn it around within 48 hours and it will be a reality. And I think that's really terrifying in regards to how do you monitor and how do you gauge what's going on where an industry is basically like if you have something that you want created uh we'll be able to do it within 24 48 hours like that's it's a frightening look at at the i need it now aspects of what we're living in today uh that's just yeah it's terrifying i don't really have a question in that regards it's just how you've you presented this film is is really powerful because you you're you know it's presenting something that we should all know about but we just don't and and that's upsetting it's it's really frightening um so thank you for that in in that regard um were you uh, when you made this film in in some ways um i know that it's very difficult in in filming in china and and can be hard to to get things in and out uh specifically dvds and stuff like that um how did you go about filming there and did you sort of hit up any uh barriers or or boundaries in in uh people saying no you can't film here and stuff like that and obviously quite a bit of the film is uh done undercover as well so there's that too yes we didn't ask for any permissions and i didn't go there as a journalist on an official journalism visa uh, so everything we did, we just tried to stay out of the watchful eye of authorities and security guards. And I was really shocked to see how much surveillance there is on workers who are now hospital patients in some of the hospitals there. I mean, we were chased out of one hospital in particular three times before we finally were able to get a research assistant who looked like a college student uh, to successfully go and um, interview some workers who had been poisoned um, that I'd read about in the international media and wanted to find out what their situation was. Because when you get poisoned by N-hexane, often the treatment time in the hospital requires workers live there for one to two years. And so I wanted to check out what their current situation was. And we just dealt with so many security guards and some of the uh, workers actually had cameras in their hospital room, so they were being monitored by the nurse uh, and you know nursing staff um, throughout the day. Uh, we didn't have that many safety challenges where you know we were being chased by folks or we had to um, leave an area, for example. There was one film crew that worked on a previous film that said they'd gotten poisoned uh, during the course of. Um, their production because the authorities had found out what they were doing and wanted to send them a message. But one of the uh, big challenges now in making documentaries in China is that the government has been involved in a crackdown on civil society and 
nonprofit organizations, NGOs, charities, and so many of them have been uh, forcibly shut down by the government, and over 12 had been shut down the year before I arrived to work on this film, and it was just such a surprise that the government is targeting advocacy groups that are just there to help workers who've lost their hands and have been poisoned in the factories and are trying to figure out what their next steps are going to be or helping with um, opportunities for reskilling and retraining because many of them are chemically sensitive after they've had a poisoning experience and never they're never going to be able to work in an environment where they're have those kinds of chemicals again or even other kinds of solvents that could trigger a react, you know a negative health reaction and the government is very hostile to all NGOs in the country right now and that poses a big challenge for connecting with groups that are trying to provide resources and introduce us to workers for example um, when people you know, want to find people to interview to tell stories uh, it makes it very difficult when there's no connecting networks and no ways for people and uh, folks to share their experiences and resources and know what's available in terms of legal uh, benefits and rights and organizations that are there to help them. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, certainly from a domestic perspective in Australia, I can I can sympathize with that too in, in regards to the fact that the Australian government at the moment is trying to stop uh, organizations like Get Up, which is a non-profit organization doing similar things as to the organizations in uh, your film here, they're trying to essentially, you know, help out workers and, and make things fairer and and also safer for them too. And, you know, it's it's really powerful that we're seeing that these kinds of organizations around the world are really pushing back, but it's also terrifying that the governments are trying to shut them down. Um one of the other aspects which I found really interesting is that, you know, somebody who I don't know much about China and uh, fortunately enough through the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, I've seen quite a few documentaries about China now and I'm, I'm getting a better understanding of uh, their history and, and, and the history of the country and the people that live there. And what I found really fascinating about uh, your film is that it shows kind of the evolution of people as they are, you know, moving from a farming worker to being migrant workers and, and working in the city and working in factories and things like that. Um, how did you go about sort of teasing these stories out and, and looking into the history of the, the people there? Um, because it feels like it's, uh, you know, certainly for me at least, it, it feels like it's a, something that uh, came naturally, but um, I'm, I'm curious about that, um, how, to, how it worked. The families that Yi Yeting, our main character, introduced us to were just amazing in their uh, hospitality and their willingness to be interviewed and to open up their homes to us as much as we asked. And they cooked wonderful meals and took us basically along with them on their journeys. And one group of workers that we spent quite a bit of time with was a group of 39, mostly teenage girls who had been living in the fact, uh, in the hospital for over a year. They'd all been poisoned together. And in most of the cases, they'd only been working in the factory for three or four months before it happened. So, you know, they go off for their first jobs coming from the countryside 
to the city for the first time, get their first job. They're very excited because they're going to be earning pocket money for the first time. And then they find out that they're working seven days a week and they're putting in 80 and 90 hour work weeks, which they're still willing to do because they're excited about earning the money. But then because of exposure to these chemicals that they knew nothing about, they didn't have any training, they weren't given proper masks or gloves, then all of a sudden they're in the hospital and they're going to be spending over a year there. So we were able to spend quite a bit of time with those gals and they shared a lot of their stories with us and we went to the different uh, labor offices where they were filing petitions because pretty much in every case once a worker gets poisoned in the workplace, their factory does everything they can to avoid paying compensation and to try to block their occupational disease diagnosis, which means the factory is responsible because they got poisoned in the workplace. And so the factory really sets itself up as an extreme adversary, and when they can bring in the government, they do. When they can bribe the hospitals so that the diagnosis is not given to the worker, they do. And by the time we met pretty much all of the workers that we profiled in the film, they had been activated in terms of their anger and their desire to fight back. And then in most cases, they also wanted to help others who were in a similar situation. So that was also really inspiring for us to be invited into these people's lives and to see how brave and courageous they are in taking on a system there that is stacked against them. And then they want to help others just out of pure compassion and a desire to try to make society better and ensure that these situations don't continue yeah and you know it's it's just it's powerful in seeing their stories and and in hearing what they have to say as well because you know as you're saying they it's not like they don't want to work like they 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 do want to work and they want to be able to be able to support their family and be able to do you know show honor and and care and and respect for for you know the, the the lives that they've been able to have because of their parents, but it's the the companies who aren't providing a safe work environment for them to be able to do that, and that's really that's really terrifying and upsetting. Um, you know, and and I'm glad again coming back to what I said at the beginning. I'm glad that your film exists to be able to raise these you know these things in Western society and and certainly in in places that uh, we may not be familiar with and and understand that. So. In that regard, you know, I won't I won't keep you too long because you've got a you've been up uh, doing uh, screenings tonight, and uh, also you've got a flight tomorrow. So you know, this you, you're very busy in in pushing this. So, in that regard, what's the next plan for Complicit? Besides, uh, obviously, you've you've just launched the film, and it's going to be screening at Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. But um, is it touring around more festivals, doing more Q and As, and things like that? Yes, that's the plan. For the next six months or so, we'll be on the festival circuit and doing more Q&As and outreach and trying to raise uh, awareness around the issues and mobilize consumers where possible to reach out to the companies who are making their smart devices, calling their 800 numbers and just letting people know in the companies that they care about these issues and they want to know what they're doing to make sure that they issue of toxic chemicals is being addressed by the industry so that life-threatening chemicals such as benzene and hexane are being phased out and that workers' lives and 
health are being protected because it's completely unnecessary to be using these chemicals. They're not integral to the production, but they're used in the solvents that are uh, placed on the assembly line, used by the youngest, most unskilled workers because they're just wiping stuff all day long, 800 cell phone screens they may be polishing or they're polishing tablet screens and these are just the solvents that are being used to remove all the dust and you know possible little bits of plastic and things so that they can move to the next stage of assembly which is entirely all um being worked by hand you know it's not like there's a conveyor belt with machines that are also involved these devices are still being made entirely by hand Mm. And there's one shot that uh, one of the workers is doing um, where I think she's just drilling in holes, like uh, drills uh, bits into the into a, a device. And I think the text on the screen says is, she does that like 5,000 5, times a day, this repetitive action of just yeah. completely going in. And, and that's like, whoa. <laughs> it's just, wow, it's... It, it, it it's an eye-opening thing at least and and that's it's powerful yeah i, I there's not much more i can say other than that it's, it, it's powerful and it's it's def- definitely a film that uh, i i hope that people seek out and and head along to go to these sessions because uh it certainly will create a lot of discussions and and interest in in a way which is is needed in today's society and in the way that the sweatshops were back uh, you know uh with t-shirts and stuff like that you know years and years ago still it's still an issue it's just transformed into a different uh device or a different uh item that's being made so yeah it's it's great that this exists so thank you very much for that thank you pleasure to speak with you yes yes and uh look uh, i'll put all the links into the show notes as to uh where to find the film and 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 all that kind of stuff uh and uh, I believe there's a website um, that people can visit to um, get more information. I think you had an Indiegogo campaign, uh, which has got uh, quite a bit of information there as well. So I'll make sure to put all the links in the show notes. Uh, oh, that would be great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Andrew. No worries. Thank you, Heather. That was co-director of the documentary Complicit, Heather White which is screening at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival on the 14th of July at 6.30pm. To purchase tickets, head over to mdff.org.au. If you're interested in finding out more about the documentary and where it's showing as well, head over to complicitfilm.org, where you can find out more information. You can also find out how you can support uh, the workers in these particular factories. And you can also sign the petition there as well that had them mentioned that's which is really important because you know it's hard in these situations we're all as the documentary is titled we are all complicit we are all you know buying into these particular things every time a new iphone or uh, samsung phone comes out or, or any kind of mobile phone or device like that we are all part of it so doing our part is the main thing and that's one of the things which I've been really impressed with the documentaries that have been shown at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is they have painted this picture about how uh, people around the world are trying to do the right thing and their part within society to make things just that little bit better or a little bit easier for everybody else. And so by showing what occurs in China with these factories, 
you know, this is this really powerful work that's being created by Heather. And again, you know, I'm repeating myself, but I highly recommend seeking it out. Enough about this film. A little bit of self-promotion for a moment. If you like what I do and you want to hear a little bit more, uh, obviously listen to more episodes of AB Film Review uh, with my wife, Bernadette. Um, Or if you like these interviews that I've done, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can also find other episodes of the show, which is The Last New Wave, on abfilmreview.com, where I've interviewed multiple directors um, for the documentaries that are showing in Melbourne Documentary Film Festival as well. Follow us on Facebook, AB Film Review, Twitter, AB Film Review. Listen to uh, other shows on the network that we're based on, which is podbros.com. And really, that's about it. We'll see you on the next episode of AB Film Review. Have a safe day. Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to oscastnetwork.com for details.